This is the MG Car Club podcast with Wayne Scott and Adam Sloman. On this episode, we talk to Sean Nelson from the Young Members Branch Fresh from their latest AGM. The MG Car Club podcast. Hello, I'm Wayne Scott. I hope you're okay. And welcome to a new shiny episode of the MG Car Club podcast, where finally our dreams have come true. Yes, they've released pictures of an actual new MG sports car. It's the Cyberster, of course, and we've all seen the drawings and the artist's impressions. But now there's a working, real-life, in-the-flesh vehicle, and it's all gearing up to be unveiled later in April 2021 at the Shanghai Motor Show. It's a futuristic-looking thing, oozes radical design, yet still hangs on to its British MG heritage, kind of. It's quite clever how they've done it, I think, and rightly so, because it's actually been designed here in the UK at the MG Advanced Design Centre in London. And Carl Gotham, who leads the team of designers in London, said in their official MG Motor press release this week that the Cyberster is a bold statement that looks strongly into MG's future. Touching on our heritage, he says, but more importantly, building on our technology and advanced design. Cyberster is a hugely exciting concept for us. Well, hugely exciting for the rest of us as well. And you can see all the photos of the car on the news pages at mgcc.co.uk. And you know what? Despite the craziness that is the world currently, at least MG now have a sports car back on the books, even though it's just a concept car at the moment. And for me, that means things are getting back to some kind of normal equilibrium in the world at last. It's very comforting, I think. Now, though, get yourself even more comfortable because our interview with Sean Nelson from the MG Car Club Young Members Branch is next. The MG Car Club Podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centres and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk. Sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. Well, the Young Members Branch is one of the positive initiatives within the MG Car Club to encourage future generations of MG fans into the worldwide MG community. We've had a couple of their number on the podcast over the past year, but on this week's episode, it's the turn of Sean Nelson. Fresh from the AGM. Hi, Sean. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, I understand we talked to you in the depths of your PhD at university at the minute. Yeah, coming live from my uh, grotty bedroom, surrounded in car parts and papers, where I've been for the past 18 months, as I'm sure most of us have now. It's got to have been weird for you, Sean, at uni during a lockdown, being confined to your quarters, as it were. It is, yeah. It is. I've been sent to my room uh, to put no final point on it. And uh, it's uh, it's all right being confined to quarters. It's uh, it's comfortable. I feel quite comfortable here. I've got my computer set up. I can do fun things like this. I can take a bit of time out of the working week to talk about cars. So that's always a bonus to working from home. Well, let's talk about those cars because, as I mentioned, you are a very active member of the Young Members Register within the MG Car Club. It's always great to have you guys on because you are the future of the MG movement and you are the future of the MG Car Club. So 
We'll talk about the future a bit more in a moment, but let's talk mm. about the past and how you got into MGs. Where does this passion come from? Well, I suppose it really started from my uncle. I mean, I've been in the automotive industry all my life because it's, it's my family background. But when I was uh, 19, my uncle left me his uh, MGB GT. And if I'm brutally honest, and although I love it dearly, it is a bit of a dog. When I got it, it had had uh, 19 previous owners and uh, my uncle had had it since uh, 2000. So it doesn't really bode well for the history of the car. And in the 90s, it does look like it's been uh, lightly restored by a gorilla. And <laughs> I don't think the paint's original, uh, like an original colour. I think it might just be uh, B&Q red. But other than... Uh, pulling out the shed and having to whack the mechanical electric hopeless SU fuel pump on it, it ran straight away and I've been running it ever since. And what was that? 2019, 2020, uh, how old was it? Oh, 19, 25 now. And uh, still driving it still looks rubbish, but all, all the oily bits work and it just drives great. It's well, fantastic. Presumably your everyday car for a long while there. No, my uh, everyday car is a Land Rover Discovery, which is, and it holds uh, pride of place as an even more unreliable car than my <laughs> MGB GT. Wow. Now, as a Discovery man myself, I have to say, uh, I sympathise with you there. <laughs> Although mine's a D3, so it's slightly newer. I'm guessing you've got one of the sort of 200, 300 TDI jobs, have you? I've got a, uh, a D2. But uh, still, kind of best of both worlds in that it's got the sort of uh, many mechanical things to go wrong, whilst also having some complicated electrics to, to throw into the mix. Yeah, because don't they have that weird suspension system? What's it called? Um, Ace or something? Yes, yes. I, I do have that in a box in my garage <laughs> yes. because I blew a pipe up on it, so it took it off. Because it most, like, most D2 owners have their A suspension in a box in the garage somewhere. Absolutely. Because it was like, oh, am I going to spend £300 re-plumbing it all or spend 30 quid on a solid roll bar and just get cracking with the, with the hacksaw? TD5 is an excellent engine though, isn't it? Oh, it is. I, I, I've been meaning to get it tuned up since I had it. I, I got that when I was uh, 21. I had that car. And uh, so in the four years, I've always been meaning, oh, I'll, I'll take it to one of the many tuning places in the country, get it up to 180 horsepower, just transforms the throttle response and everything. But it's always broken in a, an expensive way. So I've thought, hmm, I'll leave it this year. I'll do it next year. This year it was the chassis. Ah, yes. Yeah. Big job. Big job on one of those. But it's all right. Next, next year, touch wood. 180 horsepower fantastic but at least you have a big boot as well to carry all the spares for the mgb which is always handy when you're going to shows and picking up bits and bobs that you need to keep it a, a bgt on the road yeah absolutely uh, i'm always uh, scouting facebook marketplace for garage clearances there was one not long ago actually uh i recently took my uh, gt off the road because uh a little old lady ran into the back of me, unfortunately, when I was leaving uh, Stapfold in uh, Tamworth, which is a, a great event. That was in September in that brief period of summer where we could actually uh, go out and do nice car things in the sunshine with your friends. And uh, I was at this roundabout, uh, stationary, 
And this little old lady pulls up behind me in this huge, brand new Mercedes SUV. And uh, bless her to her own admission afterwards, she forgot I was there because she'd pulled up so close behind me, she couldn't see me over the bonnet. So as soon as she saw a gap, she gunned it, crashed into the back of me and pushed me out into the middle of the roundabout. Thanks very much. Exactly. But uh, credit to the uh, the MGB and the strength of uh, of the filler used on it. It's uh, <laughs> the, the, it's not too bad. It's just a twisted bumper, bit of a tear, and a few dents on the back. But uh, been using the disco to get lots of body panels, and at the moment it's still in a stable. I took the took the wall off one of the stables in our yard, and uh, shoved the MG in with all its new panels. I'll say new old panels and then screwed the wall back on for when winter passed and I could get it out again and start uh, restoring it. But uh, that's on hold now because uh, I've got a, I bought another MG, which was going to be my summer fun, and got that out, started recommissioning that, broke that as well. So that's in my other garage, which is in Sheffield, where I do my, uh, my PhD. I rent a house in Sheffield. And that's taken up all my garage because uh, driving it back up to Sheffield, one of the brake calipers seized up. And See, this is life with old cars, isn't it? It, uh, it you is. You have to be ready for this sort of thing. And I guess that's part of the inspiration of this conversation because you are <laughs> managing to run these old cars and an MGB GT in particular as a student whilst doing your PhD at university. And the inspiration, I guess, is that it's actually possible but how is it possible? How do you manage to keep that car going on such a small budget? What are your secrets? I think the secret is definitely read through the old books. Like the Haynes manual is all right, but get yourself the proper British Leyland manual. It, boring as sin to read through, but it's got some brilliant little tidbits and, and the diagrams that show you how everything breaks down. And the beautiful thing about the, the B and also the, the Z cars is they are very, very simple. There's a few sort of eccentricities here and there, but in the large part, you can, especially on the B, all the oily stuff, you can fix yourself. Usually it just needs taken apart, cleaning, put it back together. I've, the only thing I've had to replace is the hopeless fuel pump, which I've put a solid state tappity thing on now, and uh, I broke a half shaft. And that's not even really the car's fault because interestingly, and I say this because I'm a material scientist and basically means I'm a saddo and an engineer, which also means I'm a saddo. There was a little void in the middle of this half shaft and you could see how this crack propagated through it over 50 years. And then uh, as I'm about to take it to Wales for a good old road trip, it decided that in that 50 years, that was the perfect time to uh, shear and leave me stranded in the middle of a junction. Well, of course, being in Sheffield, you're ideally placed there to get metal things fixed. There's a long tradition of metal in Sheffield. And in fact, I remember at Grenaside, which is sort of north-west uh, um, suburb of Sheffield, mm -hmm. as you head out towards the peaks, there's oh, quite yes. a big prop shaft specialist there, actually. Uh, and one of the guys there did used to work for um gkn who supplied the parts to bl back in the day so oh, cool. top tip for sheffield people there for you yeah yeah we've got, got a good history of steel here in sheffield yeah absolutely so 
I mean, most lads at university are probably too busy out drinking and chasing girls to be messing about with an MGB and its various failings when you're using it as regular transport. <laughs> oh, he so, goes hand in hand, I assure you. <laughs> uh, you know, what? what's the appeal for you? And, and what do your mates think about it up at uni? Do, do they sort of look at it with a bit of confusion or are they supportive? Or, you know, how how is an old car taken as in student life these days? People love a bit of style. I mean, if you, if you go into a university city, especially at the moment, well, not at the moment, but when people are actually around, it, it's people dress up in an eccentric style. You go to your, your thrift shops and whatnot, and you wear silly jumpers and silly trousers and flashy shoes, the kind of stuff that you wouldn't get away with wearing at home. And you can only get away with wearing in a crowd that will look favorably and won't jeer at you for wearing anything but jeans. So a car with a bit of style, a bit of kind of panaz and eccentricity really goes down well. And you do, you do get a lot of, uh, of rep for, for having an older car. And uh, people see it as uh, an endearing quality that you're able to kind of nurture and, and look after this hopeless vehicle. And, and you, you don't get cross when it breaks down on you or that it ruins your weekend because you can't go somewhere. You just go, oh, oh dear, little MG, never mind. Uh, I'm going to clear my diary. And this weekend, we're going to uh, take the overdrive off and see what's wrong with you. That's kind of nice. Kind of show you, you, you care about things and you're a caring person. Do you think that's part of the secret of getting more young people interested in classic cars? That's sort of selling them as a lifestyle <laughs> accessory in a way, a way to break out of the mould, to set yourself as something different from the crowd. Do you think that's a way of messaging it for the future? It's a great hobby, that's for sure. And it, it does set you apart. And the, the, the thing I love about engineering as a whole, but especially the engineering with these old cars, is you, you kind of understand mechanics and how the world works in a weird way because you understand the sort of the physics of how this moves that and why is that broken oh i can see why that's broken because this this is this is seized there's too much torque in this that's sheared and you understand how much to tighten bolts and and things like that and you get like a, a mechanical sympathy and an understanding of like the material world and what things are made of and what makes a good material, what makes a weak material. And it, it's an interesting way of, uh, of looking at the world through a, a rusty old car. So we started off this conversation talking about the future mm. and the future of the MG Car Club. And I know you're a very active member of the Young Members Register within the club. Yes. How, I mean, firstly, what do you get up to? What are the people like? What sort of events in normal times would you look to go to? And how do we get involved? Why should I come and join the Young Members Register? Well, the way I like to think of it, and uh, very much the, the main reason I joined the car club is because I want to do things that you can only do with a car club. And there are many things. I mean, the, the, the NEC, there's shows, for example, and uh, going to the NEC and being part of that huge event it's good fun and it's cool being behind the scenes and you feel like a bit of a don going through the security with your special wristband and you know you get let straight in and you go back to your sort of flaky old mgb that's next to three million pounds worth of Aston martin you think yeah i'm special look at all these people looking at my crummy car wowee but more so than the shows and i have got a bit of a problem with shows because they don't really show off what cars are good for because cars it shows are stationary 
And there's so much more to cars. You could have uh, a show with any stationary object. You could have like a, the NEC sofa show, and it's exactly the same thing. So I've joined the MG Car Club because of the uh, the activities that we do with cars and the kind of activities that you can only do in a car club and being associated with a car club and that's motorsport and that's really the direction that we're looking to push the young members branch in going forward in the future especially with stuff like uh, auto testing really we've timed this extremely well because recently uh, motorsport uk have brought out this clubman spec license and it's a free motor racing license and it sets you up to do all kinds of like cool Motor, exciting motorsport events that aren't going to break the bank. They're not going to break your car. Auto testing, it's not really strenuous on your cars. You can do it in all kinds of lovely vehicles. It doesn't matter how sort of, uh, well, you, you can be precious about your car and still take it round a, uh, a fairly tame auto testing track. And, and it's a good experience, a good way to really learn how your car handles, especially with the MG mark, because these are sports cars. These are how they're supposed to be driven and doing things like uh, auto testing. It's a great way of going out in the car park and doing handbrake turns without getting an ASBO, basically. <laughs> and you can only do that if you're in a club. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, where you talk about motorsport, you use that phrase, people instantly have connotations of you know, multi-thousand-pound budgets to go circuit racing around Silverstone in very expensively yeah. prepared cars. But it doesn't have to be that way. And within the MG Car Club, we've got 90 years of tradition of grassroots motorsport, stuff that, you, as you say, you could use your daily commuter car um, yeah, to compete with. And, and especially, um, you know, sections of the club like the Midland Centre, Southwest Centre do trialling, which is a personal love of mine. And... Mm. Although it's probably not the sort of thing you could maybe these days do in your commuting car, it's cheap to do, it's easy to access, and it's blooming good fun. And it's as near to the most scared you'll ever be at 20 mile an hour, put it that way. The most adrenaline you'll ever have running through your body at 20 miles an hour. I have um, seen it. It does look like really good fun. It's, it's great. And this is this is a, exactly what you say, isn't it? We've got to enjoy cars as a moving, living thing rather than mm. just walking around them stationary. Um, yeah. And of course, there's uh, there's there's room for that because the, these car shows, they're great social events and you meet a lot of people. You learn a lot of interesting stories. It's a great community thing, but the car club offers so much more than that. And uh, it's something that we are going to capitalise on uh, in the Young Members branch and go do cool things and get ASBOs. Looking at the future, ASBOs allowing... <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you feel positive for the future of the car clubs and their young members? Do you think that the young members movement that we do see so prominent within car clubs now, and it certainly wasn't as prominent, say, 10, 15 years ago as it is now. Most large-scale car clubs have a young members section. Mm. Um, do you think they're going to be enough to change the future? What's your view of the next sort of decade or so of classic car ownership? I'd like to think so. Uh, I suppose you can best describe uh, young members branches and also what we're doing in getting into more amateur motorsports is it's almost a bit like a, a gateway drug. You kind of get people involved and get them hooked, get them hooked on sort of cars, car community, 
being able to look after your own car, getting into the in- industry, because knowing like garages that are sympathetic towards your cars and and where to get bits from, it's the, really the scariest bit of uh, I think of going into like a car ownership. Like I've just moved to a new area in Sheffield. And I've been in Derbyshire all my life, coming to Sheffield, and I don't know any of the garages. And it was kind of intimidating to me, and which is weird because I've dealt with so many garages and I've got so many sort of family contacts in Derby and I know my way around a car, or at least I like to think I do a bit. You know, I'm only 25. There's always lessons to learn. But um, I didn't know what I was going to be charged. I didn't know if people were going to try and give me the runaround. I didn't know if people would want to touch my MGZR or my, or my Land Rover and being in a car club, it really does help in, in, in those kinds of ways. And you only need to reach out. I've always been so, uh, how best I put it, uh, it's always been so nice how uh, helpful people have been. You only need to reach out and people are so happy to help you or point you in the right direction in such a more, uh, well, I want to say helpful in a way, but in a, in a more kind of um, friendlier way than if you were to just put a post on social media where you kind of, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. It's the same with the old forums where people, some people think they know a lot, but they don't really. Or some people would like, you complain, so, oh, my, my car's losing a bit of coolant and they'll go, oh, well, that's it. Your, your block's cracked. You might as well get rid of it. And and someone who doesn't, who's not confident in or just getting into uh their car might might believe it and might get sent down the wrong path but the mg car club is it's a great community that is always more than willing to to help people that ask you and i have both come from similar backgrounds in that we grew up around these cars they were a part of family life and it's almost second nature for us to have classic cars around us and to pick up the odd spanner here here and there yeah what do you think we need to do though to reach out to younger generations that perhaps haven't had that upbringing how do we bring in new audiences into this hobby do you think it's a difficult one because I, I a lot of it's i think confidence based people don't realize how it it's actually quite easy to especially on these classic cars it's quite easy and you only need to have the confidence to start the job and the motivation to continue it and before you know it you'll have fixed something but it's, uh, it's kind of building up that confidence and, and telling people that it is okay to work on your own car and you don't just need to send it to a garage to be serviced. You can service it yourself. There's not really that much, especially with servicing, it's not really that much you can do wrong. So long as you get your, your amounts of uh, oil and such, if you get the quantities right and make sure everything's on but not too tight, you've pretty much done it. I think that's a, a good way to start in getting people comfortable with the idea that they can touch their own cars. And it's not as it is so much at the moment, like a financed car that you can't touch. And if it gets damaged, you have to send it back to the dealership and they fix their car and then charge you for the repair that you're liable for. It doesn't really work that way with classic cars. And it's still like that in so many ways. It's not as the uh, the modern motor industry wants it to be for older cars people should touch their own cars and and work on their own cars i guess one of our biggest challenges though is that attitudes in society are changing aren't they on the Mm. one hand yes you've got the environmental awareness the almost guilt that everyone feels about driving a car at all let alone a historic vehicle but also the fact that 
new generations coming into the workplace, coming through life, seem to put less of a value on owning tangible items and more towards experiences and the gap year and traveling and that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, I suppose when I was at university, it was all about who could get the car first, you know, who was the first Mm -hmm. person to pass their test and buy a car because it meant freedom, you know, who's going to get a house first, all that kind of stuff. You see less of that attitude amongst students now and and those generations coming through to the workplace. Would you agree with that analysis? And how do you think that impacts on the classic car world? Yeah, I would agree with that, especially uh, in student communities where it's it's all urban living. And you don't need a car when you're at university, really. I mean, I had a car because I went back home all the time because a lot of my friends were back in Derbyshire and I liked to be out in the Peak District and I liked to go on silly road trips around Wales. And uh, my car was my tool that I used for gaining experiences and in, in going places, uh, especially where I live. There's, there's no public transport. I, I, I didn't even have a bus. In fact, no, I tell a lie. We have one bus. It comes on a Wednesday at 11 o'clock and comes back at half past three and you have to ring up the bus company and book it and tell them that there's going to be someone there waiting for the bus so they best send the minibus <laughs> and you'll yeah. be there with all the all the 95 year olds go go to uh, Sainsbury's but and that was it so I could either do that to get into town and then on a Wednesday maybe go further afield or get a car mm. and why not get a car that is it's not only a talking point, but it's a really experience in itself. Mm. And these older and cheaper cars are great at that, yeah. especially the Zs. I think the Zs and and the TF recently had a go in there. Uh, well, me, me and Charlie found a TF, uh, and it's been an absolutely stonking car. I always passed off these these Zs and these TFs. In fact, the whole MG Rover range really as being a little bit kind of naff. I never really gave them much thought. I was I was very much a classic person up until uh, I uh, joined the car club and, and got a bit more exposure with these MG Rover era cars because they said they'd have got a bit of a reputation, especially with uh, sort of older uh, car enthusiasts, especially depending on what kind of uh, mark they like. Mm. Well, but, you raise an interesting point there because you used the phrase earlier, gateway drug, which is a phrase I often use when I'm talking about the more modern classic MGs, mm. like you've mentioned there, the TFs and, and the Zs, for example. And, you know, we need to not look down on those cars because, yes, they're very affordable, but they are that, as you say, a gateway drug. They bring people into the MG family in an affordable way, in a practical way. They're cars you can use every day. And those people that enter then the MG Car Club with their Z or their TF or their MG3 or MG6, whatever it is, they get then exposed to the older cars and the history of the mark. And that mm. then leads them down this voyage of discovery. But you'll Very only much. ever get people to that point if you don't poo-poo their their car when they turn up with it. And it's a slightly rest, rusty ZR or whatever. And that's important, isn't it? I think we're very good for that. I think the, the classic car community on a whole has become a lot better for that. Like, uh, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I've known Charlie Crawshaw, who's uh, 
Chair he's trouble, that lad. He's very, yeah. oh, very much oh, he trouble, is. that lad. Absolutely, um, a mutual friend of ours. Yeah, for, known him for, for a long time. For the benefit of our listeners, Charlie Crawshaw is the youth group leader for the Triumph TR Register, which is uh, the club for Triumph TR sports cars. There's a, a friendly rivalry between the two groups, isn't there? And uh, one that we hope to enjoy as part of the Triumph and MG weekend, which we'll touch on in just a minute. But Absolutely. Um, yeah, you, you, the two of you have a good bit of banter, don't you? Yeah, and we... we uh, Recently went out and uh, got him a TF because he he wanted a car that it was a like a, a, a drop top sports car that he didn't have to worry about. So we went out, got a cheap TF, didn't really think that much of it. It's just, you know, it's a convertible. It's just a reversed Metro, surely. But no, it's, it's been a stonking car. It's been really good fun, especially because if you open the bonnet, under the bonnet, there's a little see-through box and inside there is a comedy large fuse it's like 70 amps it's massive it's like a normal car fuse that's scaled up three times you pull that out and the electric power steering goes away and it just transforms the car it's fantastic it goes from like a dead easy kind of car park sort of ring it around tesco's kind of car to a real driving car and we took it through the peak district and it was fantastic really pleased with that same story with my zr i thought that was just a spicy rover 200 all i wanted was a car that i could take to and be silly take it to sort of auto testing and whatnot maybe even turn it into a trials car because you know who cares it's throwaway fun uh didn't really think much of it saw it on facebook marketplace i went for it because i thought a zr 160 160 that's a big number we'll go with that and it was blue so uh turned up i've always said never buy a car from the seaside because it'd be rusty <laughs> yeah so i t- turned up in boston viewed this car it was rusty but it drove fine so i thought you know what spicy rover 200 uh who cares that this will do the job it'll be fast and then a couple of years when there's nothing left of it throw it away 20 minutes down the road after i've bought it and i've completely fallen in love with it what an absolutely stonkingly good little car so planted and so revy and sure the interior trim's rubbish but who cares when you're having so much fun driving it and it's so engaging and cheap it's unbelievably cheap that you can get this kind of horsepower and this kind of fun for like the price that you'd spend on a nissan micro it's fantastic 160 brake horsepower awesome little car but now it, it means that I've got to look after it and restore it. Probably shouldn't have bought a rusty one to then fall in love with it. Well, it's something we should be thankful for in MG circles, that we have these cars that allow people to enter into MG ownership very easily and very cheaply because a lot of marks don't have that. And, you know, Charlie's lot over at Triumph have a problem in that very few of their cars are affordable now. and. Um, yeah there's not many of them left either you know there are very few in number and so that gives them even bigger challenges so um yeah it's certainly something to be thankful for true uh, and for I, MG. I, I derail my own point there because as i often do i get caught up in the many tangents of talking about mgs and cars and whatnot what i was going to say is that these car clubs now are so much better at accepting uh other sort of newer cars like we, we were considering when uh me and Charlie went and picked up this TR7 and then we, we, we took it to, uh, to Gaydon and that's how we kind of discovered the, uh, the TR register and all that. And we thought, oh, we're turning up in a TR7. I don't think classic car people like these kind of cars, but they did. They thought it was great that two lads turned up in a TR7, like completely out of the blue, and that Charlie had just gone and bought it because 
it seemed like fun yeah. and, and and we felt so accepted and I, I suppose that was our gateway drug mine was a, a tr7 i happen to be a big tr7 fan i'm afraid i like them others no, don't great. but um you know it's it is important that all all facets of the classic car world are encouraged and that's where we get our owners of mgas from in the future basically and um it's good that we talk about triumphs there because of course this year the mg car club and the triumph clubs have joined together as a result of the pandemic to bring both mg and triumph communities a fantastic event based at Malvern, of course, the three-county showground in Worcestershire between the 13th and 15th of August. The Triumph and MG weekend promises to be a spectacular party to celebrate the fact that we're all allowed out again. I know for a fact that the young registers and youth groups are all coming together to enjoy that event together. So what's the plans? Well, although it's sad that MG Live has been uh, postponed again, we really couldn't have hoped for a better event to suddenly just land in front of us where we can turn up with our mates from the TR youth and have a bit of friendly rivalry and kind of wind each other up a little bit and then go back and all mucking in our giant campsite in this huge events ground in Malvern. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to have just a complete riot all the way through the weekend. I dread to think what the hangovers are going to be like on Sunday morning. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday mornings. Mornings aren't going to be good. <laughs> well, we look forward to it. And hopefully we'll see a return perhaps of some of the the games of old, the old-fashioned games of the past that you would see at car clubs, say, 30 years ago. I'm thinking Tugger TR versus Tug and MG. I'm thinking Jim Carners, Car Carners. I'm thinking some auto testing, that sort of thing. What do you reckon? Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, certainly. I've been toying with the idea of, I wonder how we could do jousting. I think jousting with cars would be good fun. Maybe with one of those big old uh, foam pool noodles. Remember the win? I like it, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. or some pipe lagging, gaffer tape together, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe (laughs) trying to like hook a hoop as you're driving along, who could hook it the fastest. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, Yeah, it's just, uh, it's our oyster at the moment. We can... If, if we can get some time on the uh, on the arena, then we're bound to put on a good show. Well, we're recording. The whole world can hear us talking, Sean, and I will vow to you because uh, it is myself commentating. As I do at MG Live and as I do at the uh, Triumph Weekend, I commentate in the live action arena, which is all part of the proceedings throughout Saturday and Sunday at the event. Uh, so I will commit now, while everyone is listening, to giving the youth groups a good chunk of the schedule in the arena, both Saturday and Sunday. Oh. But what you've got to commit to is to coming in and making a load of noise <laughs> and giving us all a good show. <laughs> we'll keep you busy, Wayne, that's for sure. <laughs> good. That's it. So the contract has been made. And if you want to get your <laughs> tickets, you can do now, of course, uh, via the website, www.triumphandmgweekend.com. You can book all your tickets online of course if covid interrupts it full refunds available but uh, all indications are that the event will go ahead as planned and will be a fantastic moment in british car history i reckon bringing the triumph and mg communities from across europe together because it is of course hopefully going to be an international event Um, people are more than welcome to come and join us from wherever in europe you may be or even further afield so get your tickets now triumph and mgweekend.com you can book them online 
We look forward to that, Sean, and we also look forward to seeing how the Young Members Register is going to develop. You've mentioned already that motorsport's part of the plan for the future. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand that the AGM took place recently and you've come up with all sorts of new ideas. So what can other young members coming into the MG Car Club look forward to in the coming months and years? Well, certainly more uh, social events than we've had this year. (laughs) Yes. It's probably a bit of a given. Yeah, uh, we're in a good place at the moment where we've got some really nice kind of cultures of members all around the country. And I'll be happy when on a weekend we've got two uh, meetups happening at once in the same weekend in different areas of the UK. When we get to that point, I'll know we've made it and we're doing the right thing. We've got a real, real good community going at the moment. And uh, our AGM that we just had that you mentioned uh, was our biggest yet, despite it being on a Sunday morning and over Zoom. And that we, we've got to get all these people up in the morning to go on their computer and join a Zoom call to go on an AGM. <laughs> Not exactly that attractive a proposition, really, but it was good fun. I mean, we're all like-minded folk and uh, it was mostly just sort of chatting and having a laugh and then doing the associated paperwork required in, in running a, a, a branch in the MG Car Club. Uh, it was all good fun. And uh, it's a time to really get ideas uh, all in the same room, put them on paper. Uh, we've got our chairman, Ewan, who's, who's stayed on uh, for final year, one of our founders. We've got a new secretary, Kieran Reed, who's uh, big into his Instagram, bit of a... Uh, internet fame there we've got uh, james crow who is our uh, mg rover guru is who i go to for all my uh, mg rover woes and where to get parts from and uh, and then myself as a treasurer or as i like to call myself master of coin <laughs> master of coin i like it uh, and also worth pointing out that it's not about louty lads all getting together and screaming their cars around car parks no there's plenty of ladies involved as well and there's uh, plenty of scope for all sorts of people from all different backgrounds to get involved as well so where can Absolutely. people find out more information about the young members sean we have a an instagram page uh, mg car club young members branch we've got our uh, facebook on our facebook group we're going to put a, a group chat together soon that's coming on facebook it's just kind of like an open room they're good for uh Prattling about, we like to share uh, classifiers of MGs. It's, it's always good to go through eBay and Facebook Marketplace. I almost spent hours every single day looking for used cars for sale and just commenting on it. All, all sort of light, light-minded banter. We could ask each other questions about car maintenance and whatnot, but that, it's a bit boring. We're, it's more just sort of fun chatting. Hmm. Uh, we've got a micro site that's coming now as well uh, going to have our own sort of micro website which will have all the links to all of our merchandise which is also coming we're ramping that up we've just set up a uh, an Instagram shop where at the moment you can buy uh, stickers and hoodies and we've got some uh, some cool stuff hopefully coming soon I want to do a little keyring K-series head gasket I think that'd be quite fun I'd have one, one for the best. geeks. One for yeah, the geeks. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's always it. good to have a spare. I mean, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, the question that I often leave many members with that mm. I discuss MGs with here on the MG Car Club podcast, if money was no object, Sean, if you could have any MG in the world, any model, what would it be? Ooh. You know what, Wayne? I think I'd just fix mine. 
I'd think I'd fix my old BGT, get it all stonkingly clean, undo all the horrible things that the 19 previous owners have done, sticking filler and everything, and just drive that. It's it's so good. It's so much fun. You know, when an enthusiast is passionate about their car because that is the answer they give, they'd rather just fix the one they've already got. Yeah, I like that's that. Great. Thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.uk.